0: So
1: now the, the, the question, the question is, me. will I have to, will I have to just sort of strategically ang- angle my chair? That will help. Okay. Yeah. That cause if helps. I, cause I always, this is actually one of the training things. This is one of the training things that I teach Harold's is that they tend to not pay attention to where yeah. the microphone is. And the further away they get from the microphone, the less that you can actually hear them until they start coming back to the microphone. And then, Oh, yes. okay. I can hear you again. So, But then they forget, and then they start to trail off and trail off and trail off as their voice gets further and further away from the actual microphone itself. And it doesn't matter how loud they're talking over here, that microphone's not going to pick it up. So it's better that they just talk normal into the microphone like that. It is. So, what's, so, so you've been are, here once. I, I was here once. Okay. Here's the ironic thing about what just happened. So the plan for today... For our special Only in Mexico episode huh. was, I'm, I'm sure we're going to have more Only in Mexico episodes, but eh. it's like, think. Eh. but for our Only in Mexico episode was to go to Contramar, a seafood restaurant that I've never been to, but that my ex spoke very, very highly of. Okay. She said, we should go there. And for some reason, we never went there because I think maybe the times we tried to go was like this time it was just too busy. You need a reservation to be able to, to get in there on Friday at four o'clock. Like, only in Mexico they have dinner at, on Friday at 4 o'clock when normally they have dinner at, like, midnight midnight ten. and yeah. a half yeah. Yeah. if they're yeah. feeling it, yeah. you know. Um, which which reminds me, at some point we should get to the five meals of Mexico. Oh, Because I think, okay. it, like, standard European culture, there's three meals. In Mexico yeah. there's five. Now, not that you eat all five meals. Now, if you're an executive or something like that, your, your meetings are structured around these five meals, I assume. I actually don't know. But that... Usually Mexicans will pick anywhere between two to four of these five meals. So so we we're gonna go to Contramar and then that was full, so we said, okay, hey, let's go to Fondafina, which I, I was here once with my girlfriend. Um and I thought, hey, why don't you know this why don't we try it for the podcast? I'll try something else. So we should probably select what what exactly we want Good. To so, so we are
0: in uh, Fonda Fina which is in which street is this? Do you know? I should, should I but check. I ah, we'll link to it. Yeah. And this looks I like. Want to say
1: this is Medellin. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Medine something. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. I'm so. gonna. Try, I think I'm going to go for the. Oh, well, first of all, did you want an appetizer? No. 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 No appetizers. Yes. But you said you didn't eat lunch. You just want. You just want to go straight. Oh, I had that. a big breakfast. Oh. Okay. I had neither. I had a slice. The only thing <laughs> I've eaten today was a slice of my pie. And it came out... slice of oh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving My pie. Thanksgiving pie. <laughs> yeah, I had a slice of it. And I think I didn't use enough butter in the crust. I underdid the butter. That, that, that's the weird thing about Mexico being at altitude, is you have to recalibrate every single yeah. one of your recipes. And your oven has no consistency. Oh. The oven is based on... I, I don't know. I think ovens in... In places where gas is a utility, it would, which is not the case here in Mexico, uh, you keep suffering. Let's let's. We should, I'll, I'll start that one over. Oh, Bax clayudas.
0: That's. I wouldn't translate it like that. So you you have the uh, you have the Spanish yeah. menu. I
1: have the English menu. Do you want to just go for the, Tostadas de atun? As an as a, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll do that as an appetizer. But then for okay. my, for my fuerte. I think I'm going to go with. Uh, yeah, I, I think I know. Are you good? Because I know what I want. I don't. <laughs> if we were at the
0: yeah, at I the ocean, know. I would take the pescado del dia. But you never know.
1: But you're just going on the assumption that the fish here was not brought in by a, oh by a relay of marathoners directly <laughs> from the sea. Oh, so you know no, just, you know that story. Uh, I know the mm, Oh, mm-hmm.
0: The Aztecs did that. I read about it.
1: Yeah.
0: What's the roasted barbacoa style lamb in Spanish?
1: Cordero en barbacoa. Okay. Es muy sabroso, ¿no? Ah, sí. sí. ¿Cómo que les gustaría, chef? Sí. Uh, Pero si eh uh, pedimos un uh, Heineken y una cerveza, creo. Ah, so. Okay. Heineken sí. y agua, chef. I don't think he called the fact that we already ordered that.
0: No. Mm-hmm. no, no. I didn't I'll, say pediams. I'll get the lamb. Cordeo okay. de
1: Okay, that sounds good. I'm going to go with the... Uh, I think I'm going to try the pulpo. I had the pulpo the last time, and I'm kind of stuck between that and the I think I you should. You had
0: the pulpo when we first met. No, when we met at the right, yeah, other in the
1: restaurant. The in the last episode. Now? Uh,
0: What's Okay, sorry so cheers I'm not having beer but so it's come oh, to this good. my go-to beer is Heineken no okay my go-to beer is Pacifico but then that's Heineken a different is very, very that's, a di-
1: that's a different distributor yeah that's a Corona um, company Modelo. can you actually admit that as a German that your go-to beer is now Heineken
0: uh, I have to I changed I, a couple of months ago I changed my Twitter bio to drinking Heineken for its taste. Which is just a comment on Mexican beer. Aren't they gonna
1: fine you when you come back to Germany or something for, for I don't know. violating some yeah, law? Could be. Could be. Uh, I I've given up.
0: In the in the beginning I was really strict and I always said, oh, this doesn't taste good, this doesn't taste good and this, yeah, okay, you can drink it. So order. so what if you but, could- uh, yeah, now I even drink, I drink beer, I even drink Heineken with lime. So, uh, just, gracias. Are you ready? They're with lime juice. Ah, sí.
1: sí. uh, Para empezar, los tostadas de atún. Ok, sí. Y la mila- para mí, la milanesa de pollo con papas crujientes y mole. De pollo, ¿verdad? Sí, de pollo, sí.
0: Sí. Y me gustaría el cordero de barbacoa. Yeah, I'm drinking Heineken with lime juice. And although Heineken, I wouldn't need lime juice. Never done that. But it doesn't matter. That's just the way it is. I mean, lime so what, juice,
1: you need lime juice for the taste. So what's the most judgmental thing that somebody, that a German would say to you if they were listening to this podcast? On the very off chance there's a German listening to the
0: podcast. Well, it's just, it's crap. It doesn't taste good that's I mean that's what it's about um, actually lime juice in Heineken is a bad idea I don't know why I did that that's just just shows how uh, used to it because you're, you're pretending it's, it's a Corona yeah with a Corona you need lime juice and then it's fine like but I mean three three years ago I would never have done that because that's gross you don't put anything into beer I mean I, unless you have a uh, like the Michelada which is the Mexican version of the Alstar or uh, Radler
1: wait they have Micheladas in
0: Germany? No, no. But so the equivalent version in Germany is Alster, or in the south it's called Radla. So that's uh, lemonade, like Sprite, whatever, and beer mixed.
1: Oh, oh! You're you're severely underselling the Michelada. That's it. Is not even close. It's no, like no. no. It's but like it it's is. like it's like calling mate. It's like calling club mate, mate tea. It's it's yes. At some point in the production process, yeah. there is a mixture and, it, and some kind of tea extract is involved. But they are two completely separate things.
0: Yeah. So the similarities is there is uh, lime juice in there. Yeah, there that is. That's it. That is right, the similarity. That's, and
1: that's not even the, the <laughs> predominant thing of a michelada, especially...
0: Oh, oh okay. I'm not talking about the uh, michelada with the, the sauce. The gomitas and uh, all that. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, okay, no, no, no. Right. So with Worcester sauce or whatever.
1: Right. Uh, they put it.
0: No, no. I'm talking about the simple one with... So there's lime juice, mm-hmm. uh, ice cubes, and then you have the, the uh, salt on the top of the, right. the glass, like for a margarita. And then you put the beer in. So you have beer with lime juice and... It's all okay okay I guess ice cubes. Right. So that is not
1: very close to the German Radler. Right. But it is the closest that you get. Okay. I can, I, I can uh, see that for comparison purposes, but really they're they're two totally different things. Yes. Beer beer and other things are involved, but okay, anyway. <laughs> so oh yeah, o- the, only yeah. only only in Mexico will a German be ground into the disgrace of having to drink Heineken. With Lime Juice. Yes. And and be totally willing to admit that yeah. on their own podcast, where they have the editing capability <laughs> to edit that part out. So let's see if you yeah. edit this part out. But... Yeah. So only, okay, what's your, what's your, aside from that, you're only in Mexico, what do you want to open with?
0: Okay, so should we do the draft now?
1: Oh, okay, sure. I yeah, I want to do it. Okay, okay wait, wait. I'm going to take out my draft board. Okay, all right, all right. Okay.
0: Um, okay, I'm going to take it because it's, it's the one thing. Do we, we've talked about this before, and you were kind of... So you would never take this, but I'm going to take it. All right. I'm going to take the fact that nobody ever has changed for large builds. So I'm going to explain what I mean by that. It was for the first year that we lived here. It was a great source of stress for us, and we only realized later why that was, um, that we, we could never pay anywhere, because we got from the ATM, we got these large bills. Large bills is 500 pesos. 500 pesos, that's 25 euros.
1: Uh, eh, closer to 20 euros, but... Right now, yeah. yeah. It depends. At one time, it right. was it's a 30, twenty. It's a 20 you know. euro note,
0: which is a Basically. large bill in the Netherlands, but that's a second more. Um, and it turns out you people never have changed. You, you can never go anywhere and you you cannot go to the what's the kiosk in, in English, Bodega or un, unoxo. Yeah. Unoxo is what do I, you call I mean, that?
1: The, the corner, I think the, the corner comp, the most generic term in the US would be corner store. Okay.
0: Like a seven eleven. In New
1: York, you would call it a bodega.
0: Bodega. Okay, that's a New York thing. Okay, so uh, bodega, corner store. Well, I mean, LA too. Yes. Seven Eleven. There's a lot of Seven Eleven here, Uh, and but the big uh, brand is uh, the big chain is Oxxo. Oxxo. O X X O. You can even pay your gas bill at Oxxo and your phone and um, assassination attempts, that sort of thing. Probably no, probably yeah, Um, because you can pay with cash. You don't need a bank account. So it turns out, Oxo is one of the few places where, if you go there with a 500 bill and you want to pay for 40 pesos, you can do that. You certainly can't do it at your favorite taco stand. You can't do it at uh, at the, the at the small corner store. The off,
1: um, the off-brand, the non-chain stores, and right.
0: there is lots of those. You can't go onto the street and and have uh, street food and
1: pay with a five hundred bill. You very often you there, there can't there pay is, with there a two hundred. There is a hack for that. There okay, is a hack me? for that. But okay. no, 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 no. Oh, but yeah, I, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll let you continue. I'll, I'll let you continue. So,
0: what's even weirder, and uh, we still notice that today, in the okay, the big supermarkets, actually. Once we were at Soriana, so that was some, that's a, a, a bigger supermarket chain, at 8 o'clock in the morning, everything's fresh, We, I wanted to pay like 150 pesos, I only had a 500. They could not give me any change. So they had, of course, they then have to call their supervisor and then get change, and they give them the 500, they get two to 100 back, and then they can give you change. But that takes like 10 minutes. Uh, or longer And if there's a, uh, if there's a line at the um, cashier, they wait, <laughs> they're gonna wait or uh, they, they uh, take the next customer and then they pay and if you're lucky they pay uh, uh, so they don't have to get changed and then the cashier can give you your 200 or whatever. And that at our supermarket which is even smaller, uh, um, at, at our corner, that happens all the time. So I don't, I can't go there uh, to get some uh, some coke and 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 uh, water or whatever and fruits and pay with a five hundred. That'll always take ten minutes uh, to change. Um, so and we didn't realize that that was the problem for for many many months until then. We finally figured out. Okay, at any time we have to. We have to keep small change. We have to we have to divide the large bills into smaller ones any way we can, and so OXO is a good place. Yeah, if you go there and pay for like a hundred pesos, no problem. You get a six pack pack of beer. Can pay with five hundred. Usually, mm-hmm. uh, in most cases, no problem. There, so that's how you There's a pipeline
1: get directly from Banco de Mexico to OXO's all over the country. Ah, that's delivering packets of two hundred. 200 peso notes is that a fact or no I'm no that's but that you that, have to assume. that would be amazing though <laughs> that would be totally amazing if there was actually I mean, that is a pipeline of 200 oh. euro notes OXO, like a OXO? oxo is the main source of
0: smaller builds to us I mean, yeah. or one main source and now anytime we can even if you go someplace uh, where you know, okay, you could definitely couldn't pay with a 500, but maybe you can pay with a 200. Then we try right. paying with a 200. And hope to get changed for the next guy. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, so after about a year living here, we figured that out and that source of stress went away. But we're totally into this. I mean, we... you. you we constantly have to because we we get our money from the atm so we constantly have to exchange 500 bills for something smaller. and um after a year and a half i went to germany for two months because in the summer i thought well this is i don't like it here let's let me let, let me get home for a while and first night in mannheim I went out uh, with a friend to a Turkish place and everybody in Mannheim knows uh, Istanbul. Gracias. Uh, and so we had our meal um, and I had a bill of like 12 euros 50 and my friend, something similar and 12, 50, okay, 12 euros 50 and I only had a 50 euro bill. And I thought to myself, oh no, crap. How am I going to pay twelve euro fifty with a fifty euro bill? So I so I to talked to my friend and said, "Okay, let me pay this, and then we have." And they had more no idea why you were so concerned. Of course not. And I don't know. No, if he then uh, told me, "Well, yeah, just try it," and then and, okay, and of course I, I tried. I asked, "So can you, you know, give me it's change so for for a fifty? So and they said, "Yeah." Of course (laughs) it was absolutely no problem then that's when I knew that okay something had changed yeah I was totally into it uh, just breaking down these large bills uh,
1: that it had um, um, followed me to Germany so the hack which fortunately I've only had to do once or twice at a Puesto oh by the way these are these are amazing you should yeah okay I'll I'll you should chow down on one so what is this is tostadas Tostadas de atun. oh okay Tuna
0: on. Actually, the sauce is amazing.
1: <laughs> mm. So I know this is going to sound weird, but remember that 500 pesos—it's 20 euros. It's not that much. It's a lot in Mexico. Like that's a—they actually have thousand peso notes, but I've never seen one in the. Lo- I think I've, I've only, seen one. Yeah, yeah. There's no way you're going to be able to pay for anything. No. That's not 998 pesos with a, no. and even then they'll scrutinize the note. Like they'll actually have to, they'll get on their cell phone, they'll take a picture of it, call Banco de Mexico, be like, yeah. "Do you recognize this serial number? Is it supposed to be Mexico City?" Yada yada. And I only had a 500 euro note. It was something like three o'clock in the morning at a puesto that was very popular. There was still there were at least you know ten different groups of people because it was the only puesto open. Puesto. Food right. stand. Yeah, ex- yeah, yeah. basically a, a food stand. It's sort of like it's very similar in size and shape to what you'd see at a Christmas market. But not. But they're not usually rows next to each other like in a Christmas store. But it's, it's a permanent installation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I said, I went to pay, and they said, we don't have change. They just looked. I, I kind of maybe figured that maybe they'd have. They probably should have had change, but they didn't. And so I said, well, this is the only thing I have. What am I supposed to do? And there's, there was no OXO nearby that was open. I mean, OXOs are always open, but there are some OXOs where the attendant that's supposed to be working at 3 o'clock in the morning just <laughs> is always asleep, and you can never wake him up or never find him. And unfortunately, I was by one of those OXOs. So I, I, you know, we'd look at him. He's like, well, what am I supposed to do? He's like, well, get change. He's like, how am I going to get change? He's like, ask people around for change. So I start asking for change. Of course, nobody's going to change a no. note from a gringo at 3 o'clock in the morning at a puesto. So i like, okay, te invito. And I just went around to everybody eating, and I told the guy, okay, I'm paying for his tacos. Like, de invito means I'm inviting you. I'm, I'm paying for his tacos and his tacos and his tacos and his tacos. And his everybody, everybody, tacos on me up to 500 pesos. And so the guy, without blinking, just starts, okay, well, it's a, okay, it's going to be like 440. Great. Can I yeah. pay for that with a five? He's like, okay, sure. He takes my money and hands me my change. And then as everybody finishes eating, yeah. they start handing me money. Because you're like, oh, thank you, that was such a gracious gesture of yours, Like, but I can't possibly accept it. I ended up with 600 pesos. <laughs> I'm, I'm tempted to, to try it again to see like how often that would work, but I, I feel a little bit guilty about that. I've had this sauce before. Mm-hmm. You like it? Mm-hmm. I don't know where. It, I think, it has a lot of kikoman in it for some weird reason. It just, it's maybe it's just or some kind of salt like that. It has a, it has that weird base to it. I'm gonna hate on your number one draft pick a little bit. I think that happens in other places. Oh, I'm sure. No, I, I'm absolutely sure. This is.
0: I mean. I haven't been to many other Latin American countries Mm -hmm. or Asian countries or whatever. This is what I noticed in Mexico and as a difference to
1: Germany. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has to do with impressions. Those sorts of problems are sort of where mathematics meets rampant income inequality. Because for some people, some people that's 500 pesos is a week's pay. Yes. For some people, which shot, which is shocking, but true. Well, it's uh, minimum wage. Really? Yeah, it's like seventy something
0: per day, mm-hmm. about five hundred a yeah. week. Um, one friend, one Mexican friend, told us we were at the Bizarro, mm-hmm. uh, the Bizarro bar, and his sister had worked there, and they get paid five hundred pesos per week, which is basically minimum wage. And then get, he said something about a 1,000 pesos in tips per day. I have no idea. But that's also, that's a 12-hour day. Six days a week. First year, certainly no vacation time. And if you're sick, then you lost your job. That's what our Mexican friend told us, so that's what I'm
1: going on. It really really depends. It's not as harsh and businesslike as I'd say the U S is where that's actually a thing that can occur. It depends on how in the family you are (laughs) at any one particular place. If you're in the family, they'll forgive a lot Mm -hmm. of things. If you're not in the family, you're right. You're gone. Service culture and these sorts of things are very, it's very weird in Mexico. It's a lot of people will sometimes spend up to six months to a year, actually working at places for a week at a time trying to find the job that fits for them. I mean, in, in a lot of these minimum wage things, or they'll just go from, they'll be journeymen going from place to place to place, just working with their crew or their families, if they don't already have a network of people. And I think the vast majority of Mexicans at least have a network to tap into. Whether or not that network has anything available, of course, depends on the economy. But they'll all, but... Familial connections are much more intertwined with the economy than I think in the U.S. or the United States. A lot of things that happen here is just straight-up nepotism. And the other thing that happens here is that they can, spe- they can very openly discriminate and say, yes, we don't want any men, we only want women between the ages of 18 and 24 to apply for this position. Or we don't want any women, we only want men of these ages. They can- those things are totally legal in Mexican advertising and hiring and of course those things are completely illegal in the US and in most parts of Europe I I can't speak to all of Europe but I assume I think that's illegal pretty much everywhere in Europe right oh I'm pretty sure
0: yes Um, but also even if it was illegal here okay maybe for advertising you wouldn't do that but you certainly even if it was illegal you wouldn't have to fear any consequences
1: That really depends on what exactly, which laws you're actually breaking and how you're breaking them. Because remember what I said last time about the rule of law in Mexico. So meta meta,
0: uh, topic. Um, If anybody's listening to this and has answered your question from last time, please note that we record this while nobody has ever listened uh, to the first episode yet. But uh, we will tell you about the first episode, like, in the past of this well, podcast. See, that, that's, we're going to answer for, uh, your questions That's the weird thing is that later.
1: normally on podcasts you cannot admit <laughs> your actual recording oh, sequence. Oh, you don't – you just want – you, you want to be 100% I, truthful. You want to – Be German? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I can't just direct message one of my friends of mine to sort of tweet back <clears throat> at me what the secret theme was and then answer his tweet as if we were recording this podcast. <laughs>
0: this week I updated my resume and I, this time for now I have like a US style resume and I uh, asked a friend in New York uh, to look it over and that went well and then a friend in Toronto who is a professor at the University of Toronto he said, okay, uh, he saw this and then he said, okay, let me edit this and the way that the resume is right now. I'm very happy with it because everything that's there is true. And I'm, I'd am i be happy to talk about every point that I made mm-hmm. as it is made. And uh, my friend, he took this and, well, he pepped it up. He used... cranked it in into overdrive? Yes. And, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to even though it's it's advertising and on one
1: maybe on one level it makes sense to to do you want to work like do you want to work like yes. do you want a job yes are you good at what you do yes okay well well for oh, the, no 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 the answer to that question yes. is always yes. Yes. yeah like yes. yeah, like that yes. like that oh, cool. even if you feel that you're not and i know you're yes. an honest person so of course yeah. you doubt your own abilities like yes. any honest person does but you you have to that's the funny thing about now is you have to market yourself right up to the edge of straight dishonesty you you have to like you have to march through the valley of plausible deniability right up to the border of dishonesty and see how far into dishonesty land you can go before you can get caught like you you want to be you want to be like flying kind of over the border, and if you accidentally get swept into dishonesty land and you hear from air traffic control of dishonesty land that you violated the border and you fly right back over <laughs> to plausible deniability, is this what is this kind of where your professor went
0: yes and then yes and i'm not going to do that i i don't care if it makes sense or not see but then he also also uh, made funny sentences because. He does not know what test-driven development is. So he, he created a sentence that just made no sense. D-
1: did you see what I just tweeted? No. The, the thing about startups? No. I think that this was a line from a dear friend of mine. But it was, oh, you just build a plane on your way down. As in startup land, they, you, you get launched into great heights with absolutely nothing. Uh-huh. And they say, "Oh, just build the plane on the way down." <laughs> that sounds scary. No, but it's but, a joke. Yeah, but that okay. like, there's this kind of okay. Yeah. So, what is test-driven <laughs> development?
0: Well, you know what it is.
1: I have no Do, idea. You have no idea. Mm. I okay now. Okay, like you you say a phrase like that. Okay. I think I know what it means, but I don't want to think that I know what it means because if I okay. know what it means. That's scary that that's even a term. Okay. That we've gotten so far that that's like where we. Okay. okay. Well, the question is a
0: good one because different people understand different things mm-hmm. uh, from classes. Yeah. Um, I try to make to make it simple and say what I think it is or how I use it. Um, it's the idea of not starting to code, or. You start coding by writing a software test that describes, the test describes what the code that you're going to write later uh, is supposed to do. So you give an input to, um, you first write the input, then you check or you you write a check that the output you get is what you want. Then the test will fail because you have no code yet. And once you have that test, you can write your code. And as soon as the code, uh, as soon as the test does not fail anymore, the code does what you expected it to do, and you're done. Now you can do that iteration on many levels, and there's different Uh, Schools of thought. uh, On on what level you uh, should do that? Should you just do it on the on the very very basic level, so just method Uh, level, just one function that does one thing, or should you go higher and uh, have more of it? That is personal taste, I guess, or or experience, whatever, and depends on the project. Uh, Like with for anybody who's programming for Django or who's using Django, I do. Most tests are right. Most useful tests. The most benefit I get is from uh, testing views. So that is one level under. Give me the HTML, but uh, I give you this input, and you get me that output for a web page. So, and um, you can write tests on the browser level that you really you know you tell your test click there, click there, put that input there and there, and um, that is did that today. That is useful for some cases, very costly because it takes a lot of time to, do, uh, to, to run. And one benefit of, of a fast running tests is you can run the tests all the time. You change a little bit of the of the code, you see. Okay, uh, now it works. Or maybe uh, I want to refactor this. I want to rewrite this function. And as uh, you start, and then the test breaks. But as soon as the test works again, then you're done, and you haven't lost anything. Before. So that's you know basic idea as, as I understand it. And of course, a uh, professor of architecture would not know this. But I I want to explain this term at one point because I think it's a, it's a very interesting
1: I think you did idea I think you did explain the term
0: yeah okay I'm gonna send him the that podcast is
1: de- that's yeah. definitely not what I was assuming with test driven development I was assuming something entirely different so this I am my number one draft pick for only in Mexico I think it's a I think it's a killer draft pick because I'm pretty sure that this is the only country in the world okay, okay of this size where this is true. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I may have brought it up before. I, I, I sometimes ¿Te tortilla?
0: tend to...
1: I'm pretty sure this is the only country this happens. And I learned this when my ex's parents, when I was living with my ex said, oh, we'll be back. Of course, they said in Spanish, oh, we'll be back in Mexico on Monday. And I said, you're going to Cancun. You're still going to be in Mexico. I, I said this in my head. I didn't say this out loud because I knew there was something that I wasn't getting. People who live in Mexico City will say, I'm coming back to Mexico, even if they're not leaving the country. And when you go out into the countryside I mean any anywhere I think within about 500 kilometers I've seen this you'll see the highway signs will say Mexico is that way and by saying Mexico they mean Mexico City yeah and they said like or you know if you when you're leaving Mexico City you'll say retorno a Mexico saying like this way to turn around to go back to Mexico City I don't know of another maybe this happens somewhere in Asia that I have no idea about but nobody refers to their main city with the name of the country that you happen to be in
0: do you know the history of the, the names because I don't either I just don't of course the, the center of this country I, is, I think... is the, the valley of Mexico yeah. that's probably going to Mexico Yeah, the valley of uh, Mexico which is this high altitude valley between where I mean, we are 4 thousand five thousand uh, high uh, meters high mountains we're right now we're on 2200 meters about 7,000 feet seven mm-hmm. thousand and yeah from that now it's the, the the state of no it's it's the Mexico City as a state and then there's the state of Mexico that's around it uh, basically and the, the the city of Mexico No, no, gracias. And the whole country is?
1: Mexico as well? Mm -hmm. I think it has to do with the fact that Mexico is very much like the United States, and then in its formation, you have all of these... The states that form up the United States of Mexico, because the official name of Mexico is the United States of Mexico, do consider, or at one time considered themselves very independent entities just like the states of the United States. And we didn't, in the United States, really get rid of this notion until after the Civil War had concluded. Now, Mexico has has had a very war-torn history since its independence from Spain, um, suffering through various different kinds of dictatorships. And and my suspicion is that 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 little quirk comes from that culture, but I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't have a. I would. I just find it odd. It, it's that, and so that I think is a thing that yeah. is only in Mexico. So that's why I think my number one draft pick beats your number one draft pick because you could very well be talking about the Netherlands, where I've had the exact same experience. <laughs> where you try to pay for anything if you if you go buy something for five euros with a twenty euro note at a major chain store in the Netherlands and have not already announced yourself as a foreigner. They'll ask you in Dutch, do you have change? I don't know what the Dutch phrase is off the top of my head, but having after you spend a week in the Netherlands, <laughs> you you'll know what the phrase is. <laughs> you'll know exactly what they're asking. To which, even if you speak Dutch, your answer should be what? <laughs> <laughs> I think I accidentally said boss <laughs> one time. <laughs> Just to throw the ball.
0: So I'm having lamb in a barbacoa style. Um... I don't even know if it's barbacoa, whatever that means, barbacoa style, barbacoa. We talked about that yeah. last time, about, you know, putting the whole lamb into the ground with everything, bones, intestines, skin, hair.
1: They open it up a little bit. Um,
0: and now I have like a, it's almost like a tuna steak,
1: <laughs> but from lamb. Well, the texture is the same. I mean, there's a tortilla around it, isn't it? Or is that just no, no, lamb? no, no, no,
0: no, no. That's
1: all lamb. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the tortillas
0: are uh, homemade or
1: yeah, they have, in the yeah. kitchen. The torti- so every is, every Mexican, good. Mexican place prides themselves on their tortillas. And these are on the smaller side of tortillas. Smaller, but they're good. Mm-hmm. So now I'm curious to hear your number two draft pick. Okay. Let's see. You know what? I'm going to
0: take the tortilla. Because they are so ubiquitous. That it's it's the Mexican bread. For what's what's bread for Germans is tortilla for Mexicans. You get it with every meal. Right now we have a basket of warm tortillas on our table, and you take how many, uh, however many you want. Uh, last last week we talked about food, and, and every second food has tortillas, or something that is made of tortillas, like tostadas or. Um, and I'm very happy that. I don't know how long it took, but it took a long while. But now, almost three and a half years in, I really, really like tortillas. So I really like the t- the taste of tortillas, which is a very different taste from from for every German. Because it's it's the maize, it's the the this corn taste. It's very distinct. And for definitely for at least a year, maybe a year and a half, I did, Well, we started, of course, we came here uh, and we started eating Mexican and then you have tortillas and you have beans and you have lots of eggs. And it took just a few months then I had enough of beans and tortillas. And then it became hard. And then we looked for, for more food that's not exactly Mexican or how can we have this. And if you, if you go to a place where there's a lot of uh, Westerners, they either ask you if you want to, uh, to have bread or tortillas or you, they just give you bread. And, and I wonder, I know in, the, in uh, South America, it's not the tortillas. They have similar stuff, but, but it's not the same. I don't know where else. I don't know about Gourmand. I was in Guatemala, You go to different parts know.
1: of Mexico yeah. and the tortillas are different. Like oh, you go outside of the yeah, yeah, valley sure, of Mexico sure, and the tortillas sure, are different.
0: Sure. No, no, definitely. But it's just, it's everywhere. It's, it's the one food. That and beans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so now I'm having tortillas and I have this barbacoa, so that's lamb and it's a sauce with beans, of course. Uh, and uh, these pretty good tortillas. Yes, they are good tortillas, and they are not that good
1: tortillas. And I'm happy. So you're, Hmm. I'm trying to, I'm trying to place where you're picking your team from. Cuz you Okay, I think I think we both had concrete concepts for our first round draft picks. Yours was the change. Mine was the <clears throat> how they signed point to Mexico City on the free word considering the Valley of Mexico to be Mexico, even though Mexico is Mexico as a country. Second draft pick was food, so I should probably go with the food for my second round draft pick. But you know what? I'm, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it conceptual. I'm going to keep it conceptual. I'm going to go for the fact. Now, this may apply to another country on the face of the earth. Sure. I I don't know. I mean, Mexico is the world's fifteenth largest economy. Mm-hmm. Mexico, in in terms of resources, is a resource-rich country. You have oil, you have natural gas, you have lots of arable land, you have many, many different climactic zones. Metals. Metals. Rare earths. Yes. There's stuff in Mexico that that is valuable that they don't even know is in the ground yet. I mean it's in the ground, they just don't know where it is. Like there's stuff in the ground in Mexico that is valuable. They just don't know where or don't haven't reached a point in technology where they realize that this stuff is valuable. But Mexico thinks of itself as a poor country. Even rich Mexicans think of Mexico as a poor, impoverished country. Given Mexico's incredible resource wealth, given its intellectual wealth, and Mexico does have intellectual and cultural wealth, it's the, it's Mexico's really the only country in the Americas that can claim a continuation of a very progressive, ancient, sophisticated culture at the time of its conquest. I mean, of course, there were, there were remaining Incas at at the, but they weren't at the same point in their societies as were the Mexica when Cortez arrived here
0: in Mexico. Mexica in Germany known as Aztecs.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the, the, the line where you draw Aztecs and Mexicas is, is, is subject to a lot of clarifying debate, but we'll just leave it at that. So that rich country, poor country mm-hmm. divide, and, and most, I mean, if you told somebody Mexico's the world's 15th largest economy, I'd be like, <laughs> what? I had wait. Are you are you serious? Well, yeah, it is. That's something that I think is pretty unique to Mexico. I mean, you you could also claim India. You could claim, but India and China are rapidly industrializing and coming into the own wealth of their countries, which I think Mexico has partially done, but has a long way to go.
0: There's many many places in this country where. They not only think they poor, they are poor. Very, very poor areas. And you see it. You can see it in the city. And then, I mean, we're eating here in one of the nicest parts, or certainly the, the yeah, one of the nicest parts of the city.
1: But we haven't um, even finished our entrees and four people have come up to us trying to sell us something yes. or asking us for change. Yes. Uh, that for me, also, I, I right
0: now I work with um, people who, maybe not by their wages, but in all other aspe- uh, aspects, are rich and have a very, very different view <laughs> on life than our cleaning lady does. And that, these differences are much more visible to me than they ever were in, in Germany. No, these stark differences, they do not exist in Germany.
1: I mean, I would phrase that as they probably are not a part of everyday existence in Germany as they are here. Are there people that have completely fallen through the social safety net and are ridiculously poor in scraping by collecting bottles in Berlin for subsistence persons? Yes, of course. But do those people collecting bottles at 4 o'clock in the morning in Prenzlauerberg, they make a lot more than your cleaning lady does. <laughs> and they probably I mean outside of the winter time, you you might even arguably say, they may or may not live better depending on which standard you're applying. Now, can the cleaning lady put a roof over her head with what she makes? Sure. Can the guy collecting bottles in Prenzlauerberg
0: Put a roof over his
1: head. Not in Prince Pro- Not well. Not in Prince <laughs> But you know, you, you could could even you know afford a tent somewhere in Tiergarten at that. <laughs> probably not. And actually, a tent in Tiergarten um, for the life of the tent probably costs so, more. For, um,
0: yes, you'll find people like that everywhere, but here it's masses. It's it's uh, okay. I. It's always bad to, to, to talk without real numbers. Right. Uh, about two years ago, I read some numbers that said, um, like the average uh, income per person, I guess, in the city was something like three thousand uh, something pesos, mm-hmm. and on the on the countryside, less than two thousand five hundred. And so, and they they put the the. Um, so the line of poverty at around two, five. And so you have to realize that, and then it was like 45 or almost 50% of all people in Mexico live below the poverty line. However you define that line. And uh, that means the, the income of these people, of 50% of the people living in Mexico is way below 3,000 pesos. We are going to pay for this meal. We're gonna pay, I don't know, three hundred, three fifty, including my beers.
1: Yeah. Per plate, per person.
0: Per person.
1: Just yeah, it's and on
0: the on the, the countryside you see that, and it's 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 really you have extremely rich people here. You have people who go to a bar and pay five euros for a beer. I know that because I know these people, and then you go to the countryside, or even go drive out uh, out of town and uh, um, uh, see other places here where it's everything's gray because they only build gray buildings because they don't have money for paint. I hope I don't know. I still don't know. Everywhere you go, it's everything's gray because it's cement, and that's it. And these this difference between. The, the rich part and the really, really rich and many rich people here and the very poor people who are happy to work for like a euro an hour. That's a lot. And then no, maybe not a euro. But that is something... I don't know. You don't have that in Germany. Number three. Number three is something that's probably... Not unique to Mexico, but I've uh, seen it here the first time. And that is uh, the quasi public transport system of colectivos y peseros.
1: Mm. So they the take. completely non unified public transport system. Unified. The completely yeah. ununified, that every mm-hmm. discrete part is separated from the others somehow, some way, in, but... in a city, but working. Oh, actually, I'm talking not only
0: uh, of the city, but also of every place of the country. So, what are uh, collectives? It depends on where you are. They call collectivos or peseros or. Combis.
1: When they're they're Combis, yeah. And these refer to distinctly different types of transport. Oh, but also
0: depends on where you are. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, the one thing I have in mind when I think about Colectivo is it's a VW bus course it's not made by bw but by toyota sometimes they, sometimes they yeah, are sometimes they are um with like benches in the back and you can fit oh you can fit anywhere from <laughs> eight to probably 15 people in there depending on on how much traffic there is and you find them everywhere they in the city they are in the countryside to to get to where you actually live not us we live where we can have bicycles, we have uh, uh, buses, big buses, we have the metro. So for us, it's, it's right here, it's, it's, it's not the big deal. But if you... You have
1: population density here.
0: Yeah. And, <clears throat> but if you live in the outskirts, then you take the metro to the outskirts, and then you take a collectivo, and it's a small bus. Uh, it doesn't cost a lot to, to, to ride it, just a few pesos. And then they go their route. And they have different routes. They have, sometimes they have numbers. And uh, you just you stop them, you know. Yeah. Hold up your hand. They stop. You uh, go in. And at the end, you pay. Or in the beginning. Depends on the place. And that works. And uh, for, for tourists, I mean, anybody who has traveled in Mexico has seen this and used this. Be- I don't
1: know if they've used it. <laughs>
0: but, okay. Any German who's traveled to Mexico... Um, if you get to, uh, I mean, to go uh, large distances, you you take buses. You take the big right. overland buses, and, which are, is and a
1: lot of buses are are way more awesome. comfortable than anything awesome. you find in Europe. They yes. they actually the comfort of the chairs, on yes. noty on like the middle tier, ADO routes, which is something that shocked me about Mexico. When I, when they when my ex said, "Yeah, we're gonna go to Oaxaca on a bus," I thought, no, "Let's fly! Come on, we we have like I'm not taking a bus." I I did a great I did I went around the United States in a Greyhound on a Greyhound bus pass. I am never doing that again. And then we we didn't get like the ADO platinum, like the the top tier yeah. ADO GL is comfortable enough. I'm like okay, fine. Those were the most comfortable seats in a conveyance that I have ever been in, and I have ridden every single kind of train in Europe. <clears throat> like th- these seats were huge. They almost were lie flat. They're, I mean, and and the buses were not crowded. There was space. Everybody was as well-behaved or better behaved than they would be on a plane. It was amazing. I would, I, I will gladly, gladly, gladly take a bus to anywhere in Mexico. I mean, if I can get the ADO. I, I don't know yeah. about the other bus lines, or but buses it, are not...
0: To, towards the north, uh, there's also ETO. Yeah. ETO is, or ETA, one of those. Yeah. And that the the premium buses there. it's Yeah, I took one of those to Guadalajara. It's seven hours. You have a second uh, a second story, mm-hmm. a second level. There's an
1: espresso machine in the back. Oh, I mean, there is. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, I, I was. Right. I sat on the first row and just watched the countryside. Yeah. Yeah. So, but when you get there, and maybe you don't get to Guadalajara, but maybe a smaller town, right. wherever you want to go in that city, there's I was going there not only in the cities but overland as well. Right. You have, you have in overland you probably have uh, or in many places you have you have the the large um, buses mm-hmm. then you have slightly smaller and cheaper and more uncomfortable buses and then you have the paseos could have everything and you just you stop them you go with you ¿Por take los them
1: sí. Gracias.
0: and it works mm-hmm. um, Gracias. so we have one favorite beach that's in Masunte mm-hmm. in Oaxaca. You go there by... All the, all the
1: best beaches are in Oaxaca. I'm just going to... I'm going to throw that gauntlet down and wait for all y'all Mexicans to come hate at me later. Because you, everybody in Mexico knows you 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 don't mess with Oaxaquenos. That's just a thing you do not do. <laughs> like, the Oaxaquenos are the original Mexican badass. You do not mess with them. Now, granted, like, since the rise of El Chapo, you know... Sonora has gotten a little. Oh no, Sinaloa has gotten a little bit more. You know, like that. And then <laughs> the the independence movements in Chiapas. So I'm from Chiapas, bit, But no, the original, the original, the OGs of Mexico are the Oaxacanos, and everybody knows it. But so Masunte, Masunte. Uh,
0: and you go there. You fly to Huatulco which also uh, at the uh, the ocean. Yeah, you can you can take a bus there, but that takes like 19 hours. Because you go to Oaxaca City, but then you have to go 12 hours through the mountains, uh, which I've never done. Uh, so you take the plane on there. First time we went, so that was exactly three years ago. We didn't know anything. We didn't know better. And we didn't know where the airport is or how that works and how to take a colectivo. Yeah. We were young. So we took an airport taxi for 900 pesos. To go 45 minutes to Masunte
1: From where? From which airport? From
0: the Huatulco Airport Huatulco oh, okay.
1: International Airport
0: Lots of Canadians there uh, Next time we did one better We uh, left the airport area And there's taxis waiting there So then back then I think we paid 350 Now you pay 450 or 500 pesos A few times later Because I've been uh, I've been six times uh, I took, I started taking the colectivo or the bus, who, would, whatever happens to to come by first, and then you don't pay 400 pesos, you pay 40 pesos for two people. So we, we've gotten to know how the system works. Buenos tardes. Queremos algún postre? Para mí no. Estoy desgrasas. Quieres compartir algo? No,
1: no, you. no, no. Otro agua.
0: Agua. Del día. Ah, agua día. Claro que sí. con yo lo sabía?
1: Once
0: you get to Once we get comfortable With this system Then everything Got much easier Because yeah. we now know Wherever we are There's two things Almost everywhere in this country You can take a colectivo To wherever you want Or at least to the next city And you get food there's there's no place in this country that I've seen where there's no food. There's no uh, uh, there's everywhere there's a um, Commodore. so just a place where somebody makes food. They can sit down, have your coke, and have something to eat. And Especially on if the it's beach. Just Especially Chilakilis. on the beach. Oh, on Certainly. the beach, it's that. But it's it's in every little town and village. So. Yeah. So I I mean uh, there's. Collectivos in many Latin American countries, I'm pretty sure of that. And there's also, I know that in Southern America, South America, there's very good bus service. But this is, here is where I uh, learned about it.
1: Nice, very nice. All right, that was, that's a pretty good draft pick. Uh, Oof.
0: You're noticing my, I, I drink my second Heineken without lime. Yeah. Without lime juice speaking of lime juice and beer I don't know how long uh, how much time you spent in Germany but have you seen people ordering a corona or um, desperados whatever that is yeah with the lime so with the citrus slice inside the bottle no
1: that's that's the way it's traditionally served outside of Mexico some I mean and in the beach in Mexico no, they, I've never seen that you've never seen No. in Mexico yeah really yeah Anytime I went to the beach, every time I've gone to the beach with a bunch of guys, that's exactly what they do with their coronas. Like, they have the, they might have two, they might have a lime wedge in the beer, but then one also right right in the neck of the bottle. Yeah, that's a common thing. I I don't ever, the funny thing is I don't ever recall seeing it in Germany, except on that little fake beach that's right on the other (laughs) side of the river from the Haupenhof. That's the only, in Berlin. Berlin. Yeah, Yeah, that's the only time I've seen that. Of course that's the only beach I, I actually have that's not the only beach I've seen in Germany, but that's 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 the only beach outside of Warnemunde that I've seen.
0: Okay, until now I would have sworn to everybody at home that nobody here drinks it like
1: that. Alright, I have to I have oh, this is hard because you know how when you get when you're if you're doing a real Have you ever had the experience of a real fantasy draft? No, Really? No. Never? Never. Oh, okay. I I don't even... I'm not even a big fantasy sports fan, but... Like, you know your top three. And you usually will get... eh, One to two of your top three. Yeah. Depending on how you play. But it's always, like, four, five, and six that you're running around looking for, figuring out, okay, well, oh, man, which one do I want to... And it that's that's when it gets a little bit hard. After three, four, five, that's when it gets hard. So I'm just gonna go for mole. <laughs> <laughs> mole negro. It's a sauce. What now granted you it is just a sauce. It before. I have I have described it yes, before. But yes. I, I think that's a But a real, real, I mean, even I say this, there's people that, there's Mexicans that say, oh, I don't like mole. And I say, you haven't had the right mole yet. And and that is something. mm -hmm. It is respected as one of the world's culinary treasures. It's incredibly complicated. Sauces, sauces are not easy. A lot of sauces are not easy to make. But this is just ridiculous levels of complexity beyond the real preparation for mole makes baking croissants look like pouring milk in cereal. It's that elaborate. And I don't know how much... I don't know if you know how complicated croissants are to make.
0: No. And about making mole, I know what I learned from watching a movie, probably in a bus. There's, there's movies about making mole. And just watching this woman work f- Throughout the whole movie, which probably uh, spans a a few days or weeks and and adding this, adding that and cooking and whatever. That's what I know about Mole.
1: So yeah, I think that's an only in Mexico. That is a pretty Mexican thing, yes. Alright, you're up next. What do we got?
0: Number four. Alright. I have to take this one this is not only in Mexico but it's in in this on this scale I only know it here and is, that is topes, topes speed bumps on the roads
1: oh yeah so
0: one fun fact I, I think it's a fun fact there is no speed control there is no radar of traps here because there are so many uh, topes speed bumps on the roads that you don't need that or well you should should actually do that between the tapas, so because or, or
1: everyone, on major thoroughfares where there aren't any.
0: Sure, and um, because everybody—I mean, it is—you break, you hump over those speed right. bumps, then you accelerate, mm-hmm. and yeah. then oh. you break. And when I say you, that it's the Mexicans. That mm-hmm. you want to
1: get people from, who drive from point me- A to point B. People who drive in Mexico. Yes.
0: And it's can be really, really annoying, and it probably fuels the whole uh, industry of um, now. What's the word for stossdämpfer?
1: Why are you asking me? <laughs> the undercarriage?
0: No, I'm talking about yeah, oh that too. Oh, if yeah. you go in a taxi with with five people, or if you or in a car oh, yeah, with the, five people, yeah, then you hit the speed. You mark. scrape it, yes, yeah, yeah, scrape it, definitely. Which is why I'm always amazed by seeing sports cars that are very, very low. Because you can't, you almost can't go over the speed bumps with these cars. That's very weird. Now, the craziest speed bumps that we've seen were actually on a highway. It's it's the uh, border highway between Chiapas and Guatemala. Where you can go 100 kilometers, so you can go U.S. highway speeds. And there's toppers there. And you have to, you can't just go, I mean, there's no traffic. So you could just, you know, leisurely drive there. But you constantly have to look onto the road to see if there's a topper. And not all of them are marked with colors. They're just there. And if you hit them with 100 kilometers per hour, then you might get a problem. So that that's that's crazy. That's just crazy. Um, normally on overland roads there's none but then and then there are signs in the towns uh, so you know they're coming or sometimes you don't but in the towns you usually there are toppers. They are just everywhere and they can be really bad and they can lead to arguments in the car. Why did you see that? And look there's a topper and when then I say yeah I saw that while I did not see that. and If anybody knows any places where there's a lot of topics like this, too, then tell me. Um, I'd like
1: to know. I'm going to have to lead into my next draft pick just a little bit, and by saying that, every country has their own little way of hazing foreigners okay. n- polite, n- nicely. That friends, when when you bring your friends into another country, you can't, you, you haze them a little bit. The, the german one is of course riding the metro somewhere and asking english speaking english speaking people to pronounce the ridiculously long i mean if you didn't know how Janowitzbrucke was pronounced just telling an english speaker who'd never seen the word oh hey why don't you pronounce the name of the station having them go j now now the you know that's the common way of for okay For Germans to haze. And I think this exists in every country. There's always a way that you're going to somehow kind of haze uh, Americans. You know, the the Netherlands have room service. That's their way of hazing. Uh, Dutch people are going to get that joke. (laughs) Maybe maybe that one was a little too soon. But at at any rate... (laughs) In Mexico not saying that this is a way of hazing foreigners, but, and I think it's a very Mexican thing to have these incredibly complicated, nuanced concepts embedded in a single word. (laughs) Ahorita. Which, for, for example, when I said, when those two ladies approached the counter and the host didn't speak any English, and they said they had a reservation but they want to eat now, you know, I, I think I said to him, you know, las señoras quieren una mesa ahorita, which means right now, literally. Which well, now, 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 the, the thing now, but, but the, right the, now. The, the, literal, the literal translation is right now. But yeah. ahorita instead of ahora, which is now, means that there is some in that context. It means there is some doubt that there is a desire to have something now, but there is a doubt as to whether or not that thing that they want to have happen right now will happen. When I was at Alvar I would say, ahorita way, which meant the thing that I was asking for, that you were giving me grief in providing me, I need now. When I said, now if I said, ahora. That would mean we have both agreed that this is a priority that needs to happen. You might want it to happen a minute from now. I want it to happen five seconds from now, but we are on the same page and that it needs to happen anytime that we know that it's going to happen sometime in the next 60 seconds. The 55 second difference is embodied in ahora. Ahorita means I don't think you have grasped the sense of urgency that is embodied in the task that I am asking you to do. Aurita can also mean you're asking me to put the subtitle for the podcast, like Aurita, which means I want you to get this done. I want you to get this done soon. But if you get it done a week from now, or if it takes us until we record the next podcast (laughs) for you to do it, this is a level of uncertainty. it, It is so dependent on context and so many other things, this one simple little word, that you have to know who is saying it, how they're saying it, what the context is, where they're saying it. All of these different things are embodied contextually within this one word. And Spanish is a... I, I can't speak to German's contextuality, to the contextuality of German, but I suspect that the contextuality of German speech is roughly on par with American speech. That, yes, there are things that you emphasize sure. and there's certain word constructions yeah. that you favor to mean one thing over the other. There's the use of profanity to emphasize things. Those, All of those things also exist in Spanish. But in Spanish, they use the different gender forms and they use the different verb conjugations on top of words that have multi-contextual meanings depending on how on how you use it just that in the U.S. the difference between a low-class English and a high-class English when you break it down is not when you break it down and leave out the accent it's not all that much Mm -hmm. that it doesn't take that much more to switch the two things now there's and, and also, most of what we would consider low-class English is grammatically incorrect English. Whereas, in, in from what I understand of Mexican Spanish, the difference between low-class and high-class Spanish has a lot more to do with word choice, emphasis, profanity, than it does actual different grammatical structures. That even lower-class Spanish is still grammatically correct in and of itself compared with high-class Spanish. But so, so I guess for my fourth draft pick, I'm gonna have to just leave it at aurita as a thing that is unique. It now, all of these little facets you can find in many different other countries and many different other languages yeah. and many different other cultures. The whole say one thing and being in another, you could also say in Japan, there's no such thing as no, there's just different forms of yes. Uh-huh. Or you you would say a different form of yes when you mean no. You could say that about Mexico as well. I, I don't. No, I don't. No. No. Yeah, no. No. Gotta, no. Listen, I mean, listen, but listen. I, I think Alrita is the only in. Is that's what I'm going to land on? Is the only in Mexico draft pick of mine. All right. How are you going to close it out? Going back to the list. Uh, uh, see, sure. I, I have my list memorized. I yeah, have it. No, I have no, it up no, here. No. You, you got it. You, you had the piece of paper and you had the.
0: So should I go with something probably more Latin American or something? I, I, I think go, go only for something Mexico. only
1: in Mexico because this okay. is only in Mexico. We can I, actually, about, I actually I actually okay. I
0: googled right. about <laughs> typical Mexican stuff because just like you, you know you should it have duck
1: duck goated, but I all right.
0: did and then hashbang G. Okay, going with something that I do not know a lot about but that you see every weekend maybe maybe even every day and that is the uh, the party the um, the celebration known as quinceanera.
1: Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. There are quince there there's some, there's coming of age rituals for girls I think in every culture but Probably this is Mexico. This is Mex. This is vi- and you know the funny thing about it? This says so much about Mexico. Okay, tell me about it no, later. no, you, no, no. You, you. So yeah. this is a good. I'm saying this should have been okay. This should have been your number two pick. <laughs> you, you messed up. This should have been <laughs> your number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a good yeah. We well, we had different this is concepts good, of what you stole about them. About I, I didn't have this on my list, okay. but you stole it for me, and I'm mad.
0: So what is it? It is yeah, coming of age uh, uh, celebration for girls that turn 15. And when I say you see this every weekend is when you go to Reforma, so that's the big, that's the Champs-Élysées of, of Mexico City. Um, and there's uh, Angel, Angel de la Independi- uh, oh, Independencia, yeah. yeah. um, which is, it looks the same as the Siegessäule in Berlin.
1: It, it, it's basically the same.
0: And all day you see uh, limousines, uh, Getting up, st- stretch hummers. stretch hummers, limousines, getting there with a group of young uh, girls and, uh, um, and guys uh, and taking photos. They go there, they have a the, uh, photographer, and they take pictures. That is what I know of that.
1: <laughs> and I know it's a big deal. You've never been to one, have you? No. Oh, man. I'm just going to leave. I'm I'm still, I'm, okay. I'm actually butthurt that you picked this one. I'm actually like, I'm like, oh man, you got me. You got me with this one. Oh, wow. I never, because I never even thought about that. I mean, I I was, because not that I go to quinceañeras that often. I've, I, I've actually never been to a quinceañera, but I've been to salons where quinceañeras happen. And there's Uh this. I think salons are much more common in Mexico than even they are in Europe or Germany. That when you have, I mean, if you're going to have a reception, it's not tremendously uncommon to just invite people over to your house. You might not have a big house, but.
0: You, well, yeah, or you could go to a guesthouse with with a large right, salon, just a regular. Or, but but here there but are but places that are a, just for receptions right. and parties, yeah. like a, a restaurant
1: that has a big yeah, room in there. Yeah, yeah. But it's a restaurant. These are places yeah. that they are only big banquet halls. Yes, that's all they do. They're not even a normal restaurant. Like it's just lines and lines of banquet halls. Or one gigantic banquet, I, you know, I mean, they, they're conference... Okay, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm starting to think about Leipzig and I'm getting a little worried, but there, people are, it's the planning for the 34C3 is yes. underway much, much later than it should have been and much, and it's in a new place that they don't know a lot about and they're figuring out things, there's this, there's this glass tunnel skywalk something or other yeah. and they're like oh wait these things aren't all of our standard like pallet things don't fit through it oh. <laughs> because and I, yeah there's there's stuff and anyway um, it's going to be fun so in these salon halls that are for quinceañeras they have this winding or really long staircase that goes from the ceiling they come down through the ceiling yeah. for their big debut oh. in their dress. And there's songs and there. And I only really know about this because a buddy of mine whose dad is a cop, the, like the cop Christmas reception, just happened to be in one of these salons with the stairwell yeah. that the cops got drunk and started pretending like they were doing their Keen San song. Yeah. But and, uh, anyway. <laughs> um, so, oh, wow, that's that was, good, that was a good draft. But no, these, they're... For most Mexican women, their quinceañera is more elaborate than their wedding. I can see that. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's a thing. So. Wow. All right. that's You, you closed it one out. Left. Strict. You, one you left. closed it out strong. You closed that one out, <laughs> like, strong. Yeah, th- these are not debutante balls, these are totally different other thing. That just is tangentially related to when women are approaching the culturally the culturally acceptable age of marriage. I'm not sure if 15 is a culturally acceptable age of marriage in Europe, but in some parts of Mexico it still is. And I'm not making any value judgments in that. See, now I have to think even more carefully because you closed up. Maybe that was part of your strategy, closing it out strong. Oh, man. Okay, I think I've got one that might possibly rival quinceañeras. So from what I understand about most places of the world, when when disaster strikes, (laughs) everybody comes together because you don't have a choice. Or the government comes in and pretty much just takes care of things. In Mexico, it seems like from my experiences here and from the 85 earthquake and from just general knowledge of government history, Mexico, it's usually a 50, 50 effort and that the government doesn't leave people completely abandoned, but they don't go all the way that people have Uh to come Uh in and help. And that the government knows this and people who, the people who are in charge of all of these various different functions actually make arrangements for that. That they consciously, that a lot of their protocols and the procedures assume that there will be a force of regular civilians with no training just there to help out. I mean, can you imagine in a disaster there being plans for having a massive amount of untrained volunteers helping?
0: me for Mexico that sounds
1: normal. Right, but as a German it it's a German, totally foreign. German, yes. Yeah? Because because Mexico uh-huh. is complicated. Mexico is I don't know that many other cultures in the world. I I still am figuring out German culture. There's a lot of stuff about German culture, German hacker culture that I don't understand despite having been in it for more than a decade at this point. Ever so now that I look back on it no, more than a decade. Probably slightly so, but but definitely more than 10 years. Uh, of course, American culture, Canadian culture, Chilean culture, uh, Indo-European culture. I know a little bit about Japanese culture from first-hand experience. I know nothing about it. I know very, very little about Indian culture. My sister's ex-husband is from India, but I, I don't. I, I can't claim to know much beyond the Bollywood stereotype. China is another mystery to me in a lot of ways despite having studied it tangentially as a hacker and as somebody interested in economics and manufacturing things like that but but Mexican culture has a kind of complexity that I think you would be hard pressed to find in another corner of humanity and maybe I'm just saying that as an American in Mexico <laughs> you know, you're know, you going to see something different as a German in Mexico or a French person in Mexico uh, but yeah that, that's I'll have to leave it with, in a in a big way. Everybody is in it together, and Mexico is complicated.
0: It is very good.
1: We moved. Yes, now we're back at, at my house for pie' cause.
0: Does it have a nickname, the house?
1: Um, I call <laughs> it Seven Five for a very particular reason. The uh, the house and the apartment number. One of which is seven, one of which is five, but I'm not going to tell you the street, or which one is the house number and which one is the apartment number, because <laughs> not that anybody would ever come to Mexico. And, I mean, if, if I I can't even think of a single person that if they were in Mexico, I would not somehow just invite them over, yeah, or let them know, you know, about my house or where it is or that sort of thing. <sighs> Thank you for the pie. Oh, you're welcome. I hope very it was, tasty. It, I, I really use too much salt and not enough butter. That's, that's all right. what I'm. I, but I, yeah, it's, and I didn't mash the pie. My the dinner was
0: part. very salty. The, the salsa, um, the bean sauce was very salty.
1: Oh, okay.
0: We've talked about Mexico a lot again. was good. We don't even need a topic. But if anybody wants to know anything about Mexico, she should ask us. Yes. So, last time the first episode, you asked one question which we will answer <laughs> no we will which we will right. discuss mm-hmm. sometime in the future mm-hmm. um, today, I would like to ask a question because I have talked about this. I have made comments about this in the past, and I wonder if that comment is still true and I would like to ask from you from Germany, from the USA from wherever you listen what are common prejudices about Mexico. That's it.
1: Tell, tell me, because
0: I, I don't even know. Well, anymore. I mean, you t- t- t-
1: tweet, not tweet at us yeah, tweet, or, or or Mastodon at us for the Mast- people that are listening yeah.
0: on the Fediverse. As I said last time, you're at Mastodon, so it's...
1: Nickfarr at chaos.social.
0: I'm flowfx, F-L-O-W-F-X, at chaos.social. And on Twitter, that's Nickfar with a four.
1: I don't – actually, I think on what? Chaos Social, it's without the four. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, on Twitter. On it's Twitter, I- it's I- with K- the four. F-4-R. I mean, you can go ahead and tweet it, Nick Farr. Yeah. On Twitter, I think that would be hilarious. Uh, but you, you would not be reaching me. You would be reaching a, uh, a, a preacher somewhere in middle America. And
0: for me, it's lowfax and then underscore. Right. Anything else?
1: Uh, there was actually, there was one only in Mexico thing that I, that I was thinking about as I just got in and it now, unfortunately, currently, and totally It doesn't escaped. count
0: anymore. You can it, say it, it. I know, I know. But, but it I, doesn't
1: count. Well, I forgot it and it was really good. And it just, I had it and then I lost it. And then it's, it, I hope it's not gone forever. I'll have to bring it up again, but it was really good. Maybe that, well, I'll have to make people guess. What Perfect. It, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is that one thing? What is that About one? Mexico. What is that, it that, o- only in Mexico that, yeah? You know. That we forget.